are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. When I was a young person, I was just had one hat I wore. I was a son. Didn't have grandparents, so I didn't have that hat to wear. I had another hat. I was a brother. But that was about it. But time changes things, and I put the hat on son and brother and brother-in-law. I put the hat on husband. We all wear many hats. And then I had the joy of having the hat put on of being a father. Oh, happy day that was, three times. And then a happy day to be a father-in-law. And the happy day to be called pastor. I still can't get over that word, pastor. And then to have the word papa, grandpa. I love that word. And president. And on and on it goes, and you have perhaps more titles than I have. But you know, I work so hard at all of them, and I feel like maybe you do at times. I, I feel like I'm failing this hat. It's sort of like the fellow, have you ever seen, I saw it one time, where a fellow, he started spinning the plate down here, and then he would spin another one, nod your head. Have you ever seen, seen that? He spins another one, and he gets about a dozen going. And this one's going real fast. And what you have to do, got to go back to this first one and get it going again. How many have never seen what I'm talking about right now? A few of you. Floyd, you're 700 years old and you've never seen that? You have got to be kidding me. I saw it at, what is this, where they have the water animals up here? And you know where I'm talking about. SeaWorld, that's it. And, uh, and uh, I saw it there years ago. And he'd spin this plate, and this one, then this one, then this, and he'd get going down here, and it was just wobbling like it was going to stop. And he'd go back down here and get it going. And that's how I feel like the hats I wear at times. I feel like I got this one spinning, and okay, I'm, do, I'm trying to work on this one, and then I got to work on this one. And, and, and if we're not careful, we let one of them just drop. I'm so burdened tonight at what I see. In Christianity, we're letting some things just fall off the wayside. They're historic to what we believe, to what we practice. Tonight, I want to speak to you, us, and I'm speaking to the internet as well. I want to speak on the subject of the hats we wear. I'm talking to the pastors, and you men that will be pastors. It's not a careless position. It's not just a little place to pick up a salary so we can get the money to play our little games. Pastor and tonight people, God's people. Brother Bertram read that the historic doctrines of the faith, Jude verse three, have been deposited not with Golden State Baptist College. It's been deposited to the New Testament local church, God's people. You're responsible. We're going to stop this thing of the er erosion that is coming into our churches. Your children 
and grandchildren are going to inherit a mess. This is a serious moment. I'm coming to us, not only as pastor and people, but parents tonight. You've been given responsibility. Turn back with me, please, to Titus, uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, and we'll get back to Jude. I see some areas where we wear this hat as a pastor, as a people, as, as a parent. Each of us wear this hat. It's the hat of being a soldier of Jesus Christ. Parents, you're a soldier. You ought to stand guard, watch guard over your children and your grandchildren. As they leave your home, not much you can do. But you can pray, and that's probably the most you can do. And the best you can do. My Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 3, Thou therefore, and he's writing to Timothy, the son of the faith, verse 1, he said, thou therefore endure hardness as a good, what's the word? Soldier of whom? Jesus Christ, verse four, let us read it together. Ready, begin. No man that war. You see tonight, pastor, I'm a, I'm a soldier of Jesus Christ. And the dear pastors that listen, the preachers that will become pastors and youth pastors and associates, we're a, we're a soldier. And I'm talking tonight to the people of God. You're a soldier of Jesus Christ. We sing onward Christian soldiers that was written so many years ago as a Sunday school song. And on Monday in London, they had a big parade and all the children sang it for the first time as they marched on Monday to Sunday school and they inaugurated that song. Onward, Christian soldiers and mothers and dad, you're a soldier. What does a soldier do? They train. Mothers and dads, are you in training right now? Are you reading this book, the word father or fathers? Are you reading the word mother or wife? Are you reading it? Are you studying it? Are you absorbing it in your life? We are a soldier of Jesus Christ. A soldier trains, what do they do? Go to, they go to boot camp. Men and ladies in this room, if you've been in the military, will you stand to your feet real quickly, balcony, lower floor. If you've been in the military, stand to your feet, please. I honor you tonight. I honor you so very much for what you've done for this country. Be seated. You know what it's like. I've not been in the military, but a fellow to come, your drill sergeant. Hey, you lousy maggot! Yeah, that offends me. I'm going to call my mama. You try to call mama. I'll tell you something. Boot camp. And if we're not careful, everything has to be so soft and so careful that we don't offend anybody. Mothers and dads, I'm not talking about being rough on your children, but there ought to be some clear rules for this home. This is what we'll do, and this is what we'll not do. God gave us 10 clear rules to govern a nation. Family rules don't need to be many. If God says you can govern a nation with 10, we ought to be able to govern a home with very few rules, but we have rules, and we've been in boot camp, and we train the rules, and we enforce the rules. A person who is a pastor must go to boot camp. College students, I remember when I was in college, 
young people, I felt like I was going to do, do the same thing. I didn't want to stay. I didn't want to get the training. I didn't want to finish this class. I wanted to get out and get in the ministry. And I recall a professor said, Jack, you're not ready. I said, I am ready. I'm so fired up. I want to go do something with my life for God. But you haven't completed boot camp. Bible colleges all over America have had young men come and you stayed a month or you stayed six months or you stayed a year or you stayed two years. You didn't get your training. Thank God. Amen, Brother Traver. That's good right there. A soldier trains. A soldier fights. The Bible says, no man that warreth. This is a battlefield. I can hear Lester Roloff saying it. 40-some years ago, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation field. We're in a war. Can't you see the war in America today? Can't you see the war in the, church, in the world today? Can't you see the war in our churches today as we're seeking to fight for something? Mother and dad, fight for your kids. Don't surrender your kids to the enemy. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he's seeking your kids. He's seeking your marriage. He's seeking your home. Oh, how sad it is when we see a pastor will not battle for something, when a parent will not battle for something. June the 6th, 1944. Brother Shilton, you know that day. I see you nodding your head. Most of us do. D-Day. Those brave soldiers were gathered together. They were months in training, those presidents of those countries. Those allied forces were going to land at that beach at Omaha, and then they are going to go and take Normandy. And I say, they said, we, we estimate. We estimate, boys, they told them the night before, as we storm the beaches. We estimate 10 thousand of you boys before we crawl up those hills and on that ocean side, 10,000 of you will be slaughtered and killed. We had 4,414 slaughtered. We had over 10,000 casualties that day. Those men went as soldiers. We'll always be indebted for their fighting what they die for, freedom. There is not a socialist bone in my body. There's not a communist bone. There is not a contemporary bone in my body. I have no, no respect for someone that cannot stand for that flag right there. When you think of the thousands and tens of thousands and 60 million people that died in World War II and those that were defending freedom. Man, I've not been treated well. Last year I only made $42 million for throwing a football. You big sis, you're not a soldier, you're a wimp. It's about time we get some fight in us. Parents don't surrender. Say, well, my kids do this, my kids, but who's the parent? Kids, you stop fighting your parents. Your mother says, I don't think that's right. I don't think you should do that. Then obey your parent. Mothers and dads, why are you so willing and why are we so willing to throw our kids away? Only one life. 
will soon be past. How only what's done for Christ will last. I'm grateful that it was just the grace of God that our kids are in the ministry, but they'll never be rich. Oh, but they have riches that man can never give. They're serving God with their lives. A soldier fights, fights for something. You dear pastors are listening. We are creating an environment where preachers won't fight for anything. Pastor, let me ask you a question. What was the last thing you fought for? We don't want to ruffle the feathers. We don't want to upset people. When's the last time you said Sunday school teachers and a teacher me, I love you so much, but we're getting a little careless, and that's not the case here. You're getting a little bit careless and visiting your students. Staff, I want to tell you, we're getting a little bit lax the way we dress and the way we act and the way we talk. And I just want to tell you, I don't want to continue. It's going to stop right here under my watch. Pastor, I'm talking to you right now. When's the last time you took the Word of God and opened up the Word of God and won someone to Jesus Christ? We organize everybody else. Here, but what about you, Pastor? Pastor, when was the last time you said that abortion is murder? When was the last time you said that sodomy is of the devil? It's an abomination in the sight of God. Well, I don't, you know, we're, we're in California. I know what state we're in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm losing it, but not that fast. When was the last time we took a stand on the preserved word of God we use here, the King James Bible? When's the last time we said to our people, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a raging hoosier. It's invading our fundamental independent Baptist churches. Wine's now okay. And then, fellas, you push like it. No, we don't like it. Stopped and took my teens to the movies this week. And preachers say, like it. No, keep them out of the movie house. You'd preach out at your church, but your people won't let you because they want their ears tickled. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, soldiers fight. People are picketing the streets from time to time when they think we're going to go into some war and say, we don't want war, don't we? Then why do you have a military? Soldiers are supposed to fight. Historically, we fought to preserve freedom. I look at preachers there. What are we doing? The dance floor? You gotta be kidding me. You graduates and you young people, when you leave here, don't be texting back here. We're on the dance floor. Summer's coming. See, it's getting quiet in here. I'm telling you, friend, you're not witnessing about Jesus and glorifying God on that dance floor. It used to be wrong. The movie house used to be wrong. Drinking used to be wrong. Dressing and worldly behavior used to be wrong. Listen, what, what? Well, you know what I've said? Let's just, I want to preach it. I'm preaching on a series on grace. Just talk about grace. Or we'll just talk about peace. Or we'll just talk about the Christian life. 
or we'll just talk about, what about preaching God's word? Thus saith the Lord. Mothers and dads, you're a soldier. Your kids say, well, we want it this way. We want to do this. We want to live this way. We want to dress that. Well, who runs the home? They do. Our children, you don't believe that. Go to a grocery store. Go to a department store and watch little Johnny want something and watch him throw a fit and watch mama give in and negotiate and give him what he wants. I said no. Well, that doesn't work because he gets louder. Mama says, okay, we, we'll give you something, but you're going to have to be quiet negotiating. That's like the general that says to the private, Ted Hope, I don't like Ted Hope. I don't like it. Don't like it. Okay, okay, okay. What do you like? Oh, you got to be kidding me. The hat that we wear tonight is the hat of a soldier of Jesus Christ. Why are we trying to explain how right worldliness is? Remember last Sunday morning, we're over here in Titus 2 teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, and live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Deacons, deacons, wives in this church, you should be setting the standard for righteousness. Why are you trying to tear this thing down? Staff members, you listen to me. We're trying to set the standard. God's people, Sunday school teachers, buzzword. We're trying to set the standard. Here's how we're trying to, be, to live for God, to produce it. It's working. It's been working for 44 years. Why would you want to mess it up? Jude says in verse 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own lust. I'm saying tonight we're a soldier. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? I'm a soldier. I expect myself to fight for something. I expect myself to war and a war a good fight and to keep myself separated from this very present world. Another hat I wear is not only a soldier, another hat you parents wear is we're shepherds. Psalm 23, the Lord, do you know it, either turn there or recite it with me. Psalm 23, ready, begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down and bring pastures. He leadeth me. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Prepares the table before me, the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You think with me about not only a soldier, what he does, but you think of a shepherd, he leads. Mother and dad, are you leading? Family Bible time, are you reading the Bible? Are you having nightly prayer with you? Are you leading? 
thank God for all the music parts in Disneyland and we'll spend all the money, but are you leading your family in the, the ways of righteousness? Are you leading your family? A shepherd leads. A shepherd protects. A shepherd anoints the head of, of the sheep to keep out parasites from the eyes of a sheep because they're concerned about the health. The, the, the shepherd goes to, clears the tableland, the mesa, same word in the Hebrew as it is in, in, in Spanish, the flat area. And he goes up here to the flat area and he gets right, uh, he looks for jagged rocks and, and looks, looks for wild prey and he gets it all cleaned out and makes a sheepfold. And then he leads the sheep and he leads them. He doesn't drive them, not cattle. He leads them to the sheepfold. Then he lies and lays down in the doorway because he's the door of the shepherd of the sheep. Father and dad, you lay your body at the front door of your house and you protect the sheep inside the house. Sunday school teacher, are we protecting them? Are we leading them? Are we guiding them? My Bible says in John 10, the shepherd feeds the flock. Are we feeding the mothers? Are you feeding them just nourishing meals? Do they know what broccoli is? Do they know what carrots and, and corn? Do they know what a good balanced meal is? Or is it Monday night Burger King and Tuesday night Carl's Jr. and Wednesday night McDonald's and Thursday night pizza and on and on it goes. It's Sunday night. You're going to eat whatever you want on Sunday night. All diets off. Mother, are you nourishing their little bodies? Mothers, are we getting to bed at a normal good hour? Do we bathe them? Do we clean them? Do we get them ready for school? Do we get them ready for the house of God? Are we training character? Are we training how to be a gentle man and a gentle godly woman? Do we know how to speak appropriately? Do we know how to say thank you, no thank you? What an urgent hour. Parents, you're shepherds. Pastor, you're a shepherd. We're protecting them. 1 Peter 5, 5, 1 through 4 speaks about that great chief shepherd and then we're the little shepherd pastor. I come to my preacher friends that are watching all over the world right now. Over a hundred countries right now. That's only the goodness of God. Pastor, this week we are to protect the flock. We're to guard the flock. We're to see that this little sheep is getting away from the shepherd and away from the fold. And we've got to go back to 99 and go get that one that's wandered away and bring him back and put him in the sheepfold. That's why you have a rod to bring him back in and a staff with a hook so that when they get down over the cliff, you can reach down and hook behind their front limbs there and pull them back to spank them down to safety. God's people, preachers, parents. And for the sake of time, I'll close. I think the last hat we wear is not just a soldier's hat and not just a shepherd's hat, but I think of being a saint of God. When you get saved, you're a saint. Not Saint Jack, Saint this one, Saint that. We're not putting our statues about ourselves. I'm not trying to be rude. God calls us saints. 
as a saint. It comes from that root word to be sanctified, to be set apart. Right now, I'm very cautious how I say this. The Holy Spirit of God, you're going to have to guide my words so carefully right now. I don't want to breathe hopelessness. But why are we trying to make everything that's unholy, holy? Why the big push to make this which is unholy and unrighteous, ungodly? Why are we trying to justify it? There's a... There's nothing wrong with Trevor. You're just, no, 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 no. It's nothing that has to do with Trevor. It has to do with the word of God. God's word says in 1 Peter chapter number one, as obedient children, not fasten yourselves according to the former lust and the ignorance. If you look at the verse before, this is a result of grace. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversational behavior. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Why are we praying? Why are we praying for a revival in America? America doesn't need a revival. God's people need a revival. Revival is not for the White House. Revival is not for Congress. They might experience what God's doing here as a result of revival. But revival is for my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, sir, you're going to work. You have to be a holy, godly man. Dear lady, whatever you do in work or home, you have to be holy, godly this week. Students, children, we get ourselves close to holiness and walk in holiness. We're trying to justify softness, justify liberalism, justify education. We've been teaching that all this semester, my preacher boys class, that compromise always comes, always comes. Look at it. We went back to the 1800s and brought it all the way through, and I gave them all the movements, their precepts, and the, their, their protocol, and here's what they said. And it always comes, we've got to be great, smart thinkers. That is magnifying the flesh. I'm not suggesting that we ought to be ignorant people, but we ought to know God, who is our chief end. Seeking first the kingdom of God. He must increase, I must increase. More love to thee, oh, how it needs to be that. Uh, what words can I find to tell Jesus I love him? Stop loving the world, the flesh, the devil. What's happening out here? What's the result of the church getting weak? I'll tell you the result tonight. It's all over the San Francisco Bay Area. Nine million people. Our cities with beautiful buildings, some much nicer than this, that are sitting empty on Sunday night. We're not going to see things get better by doing the one and done. God's word says not less, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, as we say. I'm standing before, I think, the greatest Christians I know. You inspire me. You convict me. The way you work and slave over the righteousness and godliness and the way you give. We cannot capitulate now, ladies and gentlemen. Cannot give it now. I see those little 13 grandkids of ours. And I'm so ashamed what my generation is leaving them. When I was a boy all over our city, churches had Sunday school. It's now a thing of the past. Churches had Sunday morning and sun, and they didn't have the contemporary service, the birth. They just had church with a Bible and a hymn book and preaching of the Word of God. We all had Sunday night. And we had what was called Wednesday night prayer meeting. It's all gone. So that's why you see the church with 7,000 people and the marquee out front says swim party, men and women next week, bring your own six pack of whatever beverage beer you want. This is God's house. I think Jesus went into that temple and overthrew the money changers. I think he has a certain direction. He wants the church. I know I'll compete with the internet tonight. I know that. And tonight it will light up. And I know that your friends will say, you're staying. Now it's, it's a cult. I know. What used to be normal is a cult. Sort of sounds like the political climate of the world in America. What used to be we love America is now evil. Because we're not an exceptional country. Oh, yes, we are. And if you don't believe that, then why, are every, why is every nation in the world trying to get in here? It is exceptional. And what made it exceptional was founded upon Jesus Christ. Every state constitution, the preamble has the words Jesus Christ. Our first college was a Bible college in America, 1638 called Harvard. Our second Bible college in America was Yale and then Princeton. And then Brown started by the Presbyterians and the Baptists and the Congregationalists, different schools. And all the Ivy League schools were Bible colleges training people for God. Tonight I ask you to put the hat on and be a soldier. Endure some hardness. Maybe some ridicule. And then I'm asking you to be a shepherd and Guard your flock and then be a saint. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.